Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Ronald McBerto Will is your host. Today we are honored to have a special person. This is while this is going to be a an interview with a Texas theme, this is actually something that you should learn a lot about. It covers how we as citizens should interact, should engage throughout the entire country. Because unless we stand up as citizens, nothing is going to change. I'm honored to be with Linda Curtis. Linda Curtis is a co-founder of LIV. And, and by the way, you might want to know, what is LIV, the Independent League of Texas? And longtime political independent. She got to Texas, as the saying goes, as soon as I could in 1992. Linda has a 40-year history advocating for non-aligned independent voters. Linda is a ballot exit expert for new parties, independent candidates, and citizens' petitions in Texas. She is a leading LIV effort to, she's leading an LIV effort to bring together the tools to share with those doing citizens' petitions called homegrown petitions. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Linda, how are you doing today? I am good. I'm thrilled to be here. And thank you so much for letting me join your show. Well, look, first of all, I, I need to correct how I called your your your, your um, group. It's the League of Independent Voters of Texas. And yes. by the way, do they have different versions of this throughout the country, I imagine, right? Yes and no. Okay, there are LIV, for short, is a nonprofit 501c4 advocacy organization. We're not a political party. So you see the word independent used in nonprofit with nonprofits that may sound ex exactly the same, but they're not, but they're doing maybe some similar work. And then there are parties that use the word independent. So it gets very confusing for independent, for, uh, for anybody really, not just right. voters. Well, look, first of all, um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is about how, for all practical purposes, how crazy Texas has become in the way we write laws, in the way we handle our environment, et cetera, et cetera. I think you really wanted to talk about the big freeze, the big squeeze. So let's go ahead and get started there because that is something that the entire country can have a taste of and actually can live vicariously through Texans' eyes. Yes, and Texas, uh, let's not forget, because we are a massive state, not just in terms of land mass, but we are a very populated state and we are hell-bent to bring the world to Texas as quickly as possible, which by the way is wreaking havoc on our energy and water issues, which is yes. what I'm gonna talk about. There's also the fact that we impact on the nation's you know, our federal officials, our, the presidency, Texas has huge impact and it's time that we move Texas along into, into the current century because we have people running the state at the state level who just don't understand that Texas is all over the place in terms of its politics. We are not a red state. We are plenty blue. And if you combine them all together, and build big tent coalitions on the big issues, we are very purple. Now, I want, I want to stress uh, that, I want to uh, sort of put some emphasis on that because there's a fallacy around that people tend to believe because we 
always have our statewide leaders red we have to remember in the ann richards day that it was really pretty much the opposite but we got caught up into a certain type of politics that brought us here and none for the better. So why don't you continue uh, where you're coming from? Okay, yeah, and uh, it occurred to me back and after I had worked in the Perot movement before that um, with the progressive independent movement with Lenora Filani in uh, about 2000 when the reform party imploded and went away, great experiment it occurred to me that our politics was at that time already going off the, the rails when Rick Perry put forward the Trans-Texas Corridor. This was the big NAFTA highway right. to bring in non-unionized goods from Mexico up through Texas, up to Canada. Uh, and we all got together here in Texas from the far right to the far left and all points in between. Um, and, and we busted the corridor. It took us about five years, but that's what we did. And in that work, I realized, hey, you know what? Sometimes there are issues that, that just are too big for any political party, any one faction even within or in, in a party to handle. So we, uh, we developed the League of Independent Voters after that as a big tent coalition on the big ticket items like energy and water. I can get, tell, go into the big freeze when you're ready, but go ahead. Yeah, well, well, let's go ahead and tell me what do you intend to, what, what are these big things that you want to accomplish? And you may want to start with uh, the fiasco that we had and how uh, your work would have impacted or should in the long run impact it. Yeah, I want to make sure that all of your uh, viewers know about BuzzFeed's dynamic release exposed two days ago. They exposed that the reports of the deaths from the February yes. storm URI, we call it big, the big freeze here at LIV, was four to five times more than had been reported, approximately 700. And they go into copious detail because they did a real investigation of this. Why in, can I slightly curse the hell? Yes. Okay. Yes. Why in the hell the state of Texas didn't put together a commission to study this before they went, they were, they went smack dab into our legislative session, which happens every two years here for six months. That's how we do it in Texas. And they've put together this cobbled, this cobbled together, highly technically complicated piece of legislation, Senate Bill 3, which is about to come out of the sausage maker because the session ends on the 31st. And they are not likely to address some of the basics, like who walked off with $50 billion in profiteering in the middle of a disaster. They should be investigated. There's probably, there should be illegality involved in these companies that walked off with all this money and put our entire affordability of our grid in uh, chaos. You, we're gonna see this unfold. The Republican party, led by the governor, is trying to push this through the session. They should have had a special session solely dedicated to this. This impacts on every single person here. And let's not forget, millions of people are sitting there staring at the possibility of freezing to death. I live in the area that was most hard, um, that was hit most hard. I was deathly afraid. I went to a place, uh, somebody else's place who had a wood burning stove. To, to be secure. 
this is what we're dealing with here in Texas. We, we should be, and we are becoming, if not yet, the laughing stock of the nation where oil is king, but the king needs to be toppled and got, uh, gotten under control starting in the governor's office. That is, that is so important. And I, I don't want to reiterate something that you said because it's important. We did no, we, we did no analysis on the impact that the freeze had in Texas, which killed over 700 people, not the 100 or 200 that, that's been stated before. That is an important thing. That is more than a hur most hurricanes, major storms have affected on, uh, affected on Texas in a, in a very long time. So we, we have to make sure that people understand that. Secondly, we have to let it be known that the Texas legislature has done nothing to mitigate the problem to solve the problem of what, what occurred in the first place. Thirdly, and this is where we may have some, uh, we may have to have organizations like you all get deeper into the economic system proper. Uh, while you may believe that somebody did something illegal for the, uh, uh, in the way they profited from the storm, the reality is we gave them license to do that. Yes. In other words, we as the people who have created this economy, the people who have written the regulations, we allowed what occurred, that $50 billion windfall, we allowed it. So uh, you can continue from there, but that these are, we have to go deeper than simply, uh, you know, let's go after these guys after the fact, because they will continue to win because we wrote the laws that allow them to do that. Yes. And we should be hard on ourselves because we do have the power. You know, we've got 25 million people living here in Texas last time I checked, but we don't really have the organizational tools. So one of the things that we need, I believe, is a big tent coalition to bring people together who disagree on many, many things that understand that we can't survive without affordable energy and safe energy in Texas or anywhere. And we can't, we can't live without water, which also got raised during the big freeze. I wanna talk about that just a, a tad here, but understand that there, we're not the only tool that's needed in the tool shed, the, you know, the big tent issue oriented advocacy group like LIV, for example. I believe we need a multi-party system so that the people who are, are fighting within these parties right now have somewhere else to go. You know, when the party establishments in the Democratic and Republican parties uh, don't yield on certain issues, I believe the big tent issues, uh, there needs to be another place for, I, I, I believe strongly progressive Democrats you know, you can keep working inside the Democratic Party, but what about a progressive party that's in place in Texas to go to, to allow people to advocate and push from the outside, not just the inside? So if you want to comment on that, I'll, I'll, I'll take a breath or otherwise I want to talk about water. Yeah, I want to comment on that, first of all. And I, I think uh, having... Uh, there, there, there are many progressive Republicans. You don't hear about them much because uh, they are not allowed to be that having that trans, that tra that platform, 
uh, word they can that they can use. And I think organizations like yours or organizations with your tenants is a good place to really prime them. In other words, bring them into the fold before they're able to make that leap into uh, into what they know they need to do and, and extricate themselves from the ills of their party. Yeah, I think uh, I want to mention the uh, break the this book by Lee Drutman, who's a Democrat uh, and a political scientist of great uh, uh, intellect. It's called Breaking the Two-Party Doom Loop. And uh, people across the country who are thinking about independent politics are reading this and, and really uh, this is getting around town. It was published in December 2019. And he basically talks about how the Republicans and Democrats have become fully sorted, right? So you don't have that overlap where right. there, is, there is moderation, so-called. Um, that's a whole discussion. I'm not sure I agree with everything that uh, Dretman lays out, but I think he's, he's way smarter than I am. Anyway, the bottom line is when you have them fully sorted and one of them has gone off the rails, the GOP, let's face it, they have gone off the rails. The, the I want to stop you right there because I believe what you just said. They're off the rails. Why are so many rank and file Republicans going off the rail with them? Because it's all about no other place to go. And, you know, they're always focused on the next election. And if they're officials, that's that's the reality. I think this is going to change real soon, sooner than than you might even uh, believe. But I'm going to leave that for the news, hopefully real soon. But I do want to say that uh, in terms of what what's happened to the GOP, uh, Abbott is going to be opposed by a right, a, a hard right. Former state senator Don Huffines, who has a boatload of money. Mm -hmm. He's a big real estate guy. I don't see progressive Republicans having or centrist. Republicans having a place in the GOP, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. But this is this is already splitting, you know, inside the parties. And I think this is going to continue. So what do we do as citizens? We I believe we need to be pushing for more competitive elections. And Drutman makes the case that if you want stability in your political system and you want coalitions to work things out in a more um, in a way that gets us Quote, that supports a majority of the, the populace. Right. I, I hate to use the word centrism because I think it's been, it's become it's a not, Don't term. use it. Please don't. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't like it. So on the big freeze, I mean, on the big squeeze, this is the water issue that, that LIV really actually uh, was one of our founding issues back in 2013. I live in an area between Houston and Austin, Texas. It's a little place called Bastrop, Texas. Of course, I know it well. I, I ride the bike out there. Oh, good. Uh, we love our pine trees. And let me tell you, uh, growth is coming here, being pushed out from Austin mm -hmm. because Austin uh, back in 2000, for a long time, but it really went off the rails in Austin when the real estate lobby took control of the council to, to press pe uh, met, uh, pedal to metal on getting people to move to Austin as quickly as possible from around the country, because isn't it great? Well, it's not great if your infrastructure can't keep up, which right. we can't, and who pays, right? Who's paying right. for that infrastructure? And Texas has terrible laws that allow for offloading of those costs onto the Us. current residents, 
to pay for the people who are not here yet. Right. So what we have now is water, groundwater underneath us being moved to the I-35 corridor to fuel growth and to subsidize growth. And let me tell you, when you create a disaster on an aquifer, it ain't fixable. Not right. like the grid. Well, you we know what has been it. happening to the Edwards aquifer right there under Austin, and now they're wanting to go across the mountain to the next. They're, they're, they're taking from an aquifer out here that does not recharge worth you know, in any, anybody's lifetime. Right. The Edwards is at risk because we're piping this water down through the Vista Ridge project to the San Antonio area so developers can make San Antonio ratepayers pay for development in the hill country right. with this Vista Ridge water. It's totally insane. And it's so unfair. What really pisses me off is that San Antonio is the poorest municipality metro area in the United States. A lot of yes. people don't know this. Yeah. And they, they are, they were deemed the most economically segregated metro area in the United States about two years ago. As big as they are. And the, and the Democratic officials that run pr pretty much the city of San Antonio, they're, they're very tight with the developer machine. You know, they, that, that whole thing needs to be busted. One party rule in these big municipalities and some of them have become very problematic from the standpoint. I, I think there, when you when when we spoke or, or when when we communicated by email, that is something important that you said, and I I, I want to let people understand this. First of all, uh, progressive is one thing; Democrat or Republican is something else. And what you've actually shown is that um, if you take a look at the big municipalities here in Texas, they are in fact controlled by Democrats, and many a times. Uh, they do some of the same bad things for their own people when it comes to water, when it comes to uh, what areas of town get the bad industry, et cetera. So uh, point taken, I think you should expand on that. Well, you know, anytime a municipality tries to stand up for itself for in the right way, and it happens on a regular basis, like the Denton frack ban measure they passed the uh, maybe we, four or five years ago. We decided to go from local rule to state rule, even though the party claimed they believed in local yeah. rule. Exactly. This, this Denton is very Republican. Yes, I and, know. And right, they say, listen, we, we would prefer not to have a frack facility 200 feet from my back door. So they, the city uh, got together and put together a reasonable setback rule. They passed it via the citizens measure which we have the right to do here in Texas in all mm -hmm. rural cities, cities of over 5,000 population with city charter. And the legislature couldn't wait to pass a bill to take to, to overturn the frack ban and say, no municipality can do these, these setbacks. They couldn't even wait for a court case if it, was, if it was unconstitutional, which the oil and gas lobby claimed. They couldn't wait for a court case, which is where measures that get passed get dealt with if it's, there's really a problem. So the whole thing is very sickening to me. Uh, and there's no way to bust this without a broader movement where we, we get people the tools that they need to challenge these things outside the big party organizations. That's all I can figure anyway. Well, actually that is, that is important because as you said, Denton was a Republican area who passed laws against the oil industry and the Republican state uh, government decided to override them. And 
here in Houston, we have Lena Hidalgo, who, who found a way, Lena Hidalgo and her and other, uh, other good progressive Democrats in this area, they found a way to make voting more accessible. And the state now in HB, I think HB 6, is trying to clamp down on that. So what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense. And throughout the country, this is a reality. In all these bills that are being passed against voting and other issues, we have to start realizing that a lot of times it's not just only Republicans doing the wrong thing, but, but others acquiescing for, on a power grab. Yeah, and it's really, it's really the lobbies. You know, the lobbies yeah. run the show. The, the, the reality is, don't, though I'm very critical of the governor at this point, uh, it's really, he's, he's towing the line for the oil and gas lobby, which is way bigger than Greg Abbott. Right. You know, I'm not sure how long that's going to last. Mother nature rules. These guys don't get this. Well, they I never mean, do. They get, <laughs> so. look, what they get is this. They get that they can get wealthy before uh, the, you know, what hits the fan. And by the time that stuff hit the fan, they're old, wealthy, and gone. But look, we're coming uh, within 20 minutes of this stuff. And I want to tell you something. You said in the note that you sent to me, this is important because I think this is a, this is a core of what I wanted to get out of you and actually why I really wanted to talk to you. You said, stifling independent voters instead of embracing us, working with us, and yes, disagreeing with us in order to build consensus is critically important leading uh, leading up to 2022 election and for small d democracy. You sent me a long piece of that when, you, when we spoke about this interview. That is the core of everything that you have said. So what I'd like you to do is speak on that, speak on why we all need to get together and how do we make sure we have a progressive 2022 that will do good for every Texan, every U.S. citizen. This is where the, I worked in the Perot movement back in, um, uh, from 93 or four to 2000 and uh, worked with the so-called militant moderates that were backing Perot and some of the right uh, wing people who came into the party. There was Jesse Ventura, it was a wild scene. But one of the things I, I really, um, and we had many disagreements that we never worked out, which is why the party, I think, went away. But one of the things that we did uh, talk a lot about, and I think is really operative today, back then, that was a long time ago, we realized that this, the left center right paradigm is becoming, had started to kind of come unglued and that the dynamic in American politics was becoming more and more the top versus down. The few people at the top, you know, we see way more, of this, way more of this now with income inequality and the rest of us at the, the bottom. And to the extent that the parties keep us divided and not looking at the, the economic imperatives of a changing political dynamic, we will be left by the wayside. These are very challenging times brought on by you know, the convergence of mother nature, I believe, climate change, if you want to call it climate change, and changing economics that no one really truly understands. We've got to figure out how to roll with the punches. And the only thing that I know how to do in rolling with the punches is building cross-partisan 
coalitions where people are talking to each other, not yelling at each other, though we might on occasion, but we're, we're coming from the vantage point that we have to solve problems. The parties, including the Democrats, really are stuck in a time warp defining progressive as in certain ways that just don't get you that cross-partisanship that you need to have real dialogue and problem solving. That said, there has to be a difference between that and splitting the baby, you know, which goes on in compromise, where you, you get nothing really because it's it's it just turns to the crap. I don't know if I'm making sense, but these are the things that we talk about every day. How do we do this in, in that changing environment, both uh, geof geophysically and in, in terms of politics and in terms of economics? And who's driving the train here? Mother nature and economics probably, not us. Well, Linda, first of all, before we end, uh, no, you made a hell of a lot of sense, first of all. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on, because as progressive as I am, the most important statement you've just made is that we all have to come together. We're not going to agree on all things, but we have to talk to each other. And it's not about compromising. It's about getting what's best for us all. I wrote a book called, uh, as I see it, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, because I do realize that we must have a dialogue. And uh, we also have to come to the conclusion that most people are good. A lot of what we think comes from externalities, it's the puppeteers that are running us. If we can get together and say what we want, we can mitigate that. And that is what I'm all for. Look, Linda Curtis, uh, thank you so kindly. Uh, board member of League of Independent Voters of Texas and founder, co-founder, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. This is great, thank you so much. I appreciate you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.